I'm Kari Rowe, and you're listening to the Foreign Saints Podcast, the pulse check for those of us that die daily. And I have got the pleasure of being able to say welcome to a guest that I've been trying to have on for some time, my buddy and beloved brother in Christ, uh, Sammy. Say hi to the people, bro. Yo, what's up, guys? <laughs> dude, like we, dude, have we not been waiting forever to do this, bro? We like, have. At it, least like four or five months man like this. i'll tell you man what i got in the store today all right so for the first yeah. half of this episode right um i just want to let my buddy sammy here um man we got stories to tell all right <laughs> this is a brother this is a brother that is in fuego for the lord right like prayer life is one that i learn from constantly as he can tell you um he's doing ministry work down in charleston south carolina uh with a church plant yeah, Harbor City Church. Uh, yeah, man. Like he he's doing work down there for the Lord. Uh, like I said, new church plant. Uh, him and I used to do a lot of uh, church and worship together, especially um, during the pandemic. Um, when the world was shut down, the gospel was not shut down, bro. Like That's I'm right. telling you, bro. We was doing preaching house to house, man. We saw the Holy Spirit fall on somebody in a salvific way. Yeah. during the worst of the lockdowns in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And we can also say that this person is still going strong for the Lord, right? Doing their own Bible studies. Um, so, I mean, like we have, like, he's a brother that I have seen lasting fruit from, um, you know, communions uh, across house to house in the middle of shutdowns and just really seeing what, um, you know, what the Lord had for his people in the midst of such a trying time. Mm-hmm. And it's, has been a blessing for me to be able to pour into his ministry from a distance through prayer, um, through, uh, financial, uh, through financial, uh, means as well. And also just to talk with him over the phone, you know, over the months, just back and forth, just sharing what's going on in each of our respective ministries and just praying for each other and lifting each other up and bearing burdens. Right. So I just wanted to let him have the mic um and just really tell his story so uh you know sammy um he said before even getting to you gotta let the people know that you are something because they hear it from me that's right they hear it from me but you know they gotta hear the gospel from you bruh like what is the gospel according to sammy you tell the people bruh cool yeah well guys uh like Corey said just honored to be here um but yeah I'll, i'll get into it so i would say the gospel man um to sum it up, three words or four words as uh, Jesus in my place. And I'll break that down. So, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, it was perfect, sinless. Uh, man and God had perfect relationship. But we, man, disobeyed God. We went against God. And that is sin. That's when sin entered the world, which led to brokenness and separation from God. That's when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And um, now there was, uh, you know, there were storms. There was uh, just curses on the earth. Um, There was brokenness now. And we see that today. You know, you turn on the news, you go on social media, you're going to see that brokenness, right? Uh, You're going to see whether it's war or whether it's poverty, um, overdoses, addictions, just it's all around us. And we've been in that cycle ever since, um, that cycle of brokenness and just trying to find our way out. But it just keeps leading back to uh, that same cycle of emptiness. But man, uh, the good news is that 
um, in our separation from God, God sent his son, Jesus, who uh, came down from heaven, who lived a perfect and sinless life. He uh, obeyed God perfectly, worshiped him in spirit and in truth like we were supposed to. And But because of that, uh, Jesus died on the cross, um, lived a perfect life, but he died in our place, in my place, in Kari's place, um, in your place, um, because of his love for us, because he wanted to uh, redeem us and bring us back to relationship with God. Um, and not only did he die, but he rose again three days later, uh, defeating sin and death once and for all, so that, um, as the Bible says, we could be uh, reconciled to God. All that we have to do is confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God rose him from the dead and we will be saved. We can escape this cycle of brokenness. We can turn away from it and we can be restored back to God's perfect design. Um, so man, God has done that in my life. And, uh, you know, the gospel is what is most important to me. And I wouldn't be here without uh, the good news of Jesus uh, taking root in my heart and leading me here. Right. And so, you know, why do I why do I ask Sammy to break down the gospel in his own words before we get into what, you know, God's doing? Right. Is because that's one, because that's the order in our lives. Right. Yeah. Like you don't even have context to understand right. God's action in your life if you're not looking at it through the lens of the gospel. Mm. Right. It's just guesswork. Nothing really much better than astrology. But when you've got the son of God enthroned right christ and him crucified as your theological north star you can actually understand more and more what god is saying to you yeah in your life right like i talk with people all the time that don't know jesus that sense that god is doing something in their lives but because they don't have jesus right in reference to our last episode guys that that action of god is locked kind of like the old testament without christ you know what I mean? Like, you don't really understand it. You can sense it's from God, but you can't really interpret it. Mm. Um, and so before we get into, you know, talking about what God is doing, I just want to set the stage that it's only through grace yeah, exactly. uh, shown to both of us, shown to everyone in the church. Yeah. Right. It's not that. It's not about what we did. Right. It's about what God right, did. Right. It's not like we Jesus. earned anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like any any good thing that you see coming out of the church is a product of Jesus in us. Mm. And any negative thing that you see come out of the church is a product of the church not clinging to her king the way that she ought to. Mm. Um, and so with, you know, with that being said, uh, like I said, I ain't trying to talk too much this first half. <laughs> man. Like I ain't seen I ain't seen you in a good minute, bro. Like I'm, I'm trying to hear from you, man. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, let the people know, man, like, you know, what's you know, what's your testimony? And then, you know, tell them about tell them about Harbor City. You know what I mean? Like, what's y'all's mission? What are y'all about? And what are some things that God's been doing down there? Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, my testimony, um, like I said, in that gospel presentation there, um, you know, I was stuck in that brokenness. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home, going to church every week. But, man, I was far from God. I uh, turned to the things of this world, uh, popularity, um, then pornography in middle school. Um, those were the two big ones. Um, and just really uh, through that and through academics too, just trying to uh, earn uh, happiness and joy. And it just didn't fulfill me. Um, I was still going to church, you know, still hearing about God and uh, from the pastor at church and from my parents, but it just didn't get down to my heart. But then uh, seventh grade, I was lonely. Um, all my friends left me. I thought I had it in sixth grade. And uh, man, in that time of loneliness, I was searching. I was like, God, 
uh, I hear that you're good, but why does my life stink? Um, and through that time, I began reading the Bible for my own. I started to read the book of John. I was like, well, I've heard this is a good place to start. So I began to read and ask questions. And just through that, uh, the Lord revealed himself to me. The Lord showed me clearly that um, I needed Jesus, that I could not do this on my own. He also showed me just the depth of Jesus's love, of Jesus's grace. And just hearing like John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I heard that and read it and really just, I believed it for the first time. It really took root in my heart. And I can just remember uh, just feeling God's presence and just kind of hearing like a still small voice of God saying like, Sammy, I love you. Like, I want you, like, you are mine, like, follow me. Um, and, you know, that's like, I'd say that's the moment I was saved in seventh grade. And um, definitely after that, you know, wasn't perfect. I definitely continued struggling with sin. Uh, but God has freed me. And then uh, into college uh, or high school, especially uh, small group um, through my local church, just really was discipled for the first time. And that led me going into college at NC State. Um, I just wanted to get plugged into Christian community, wanted to find a church where I could grow, um, got plugged into the Summit Church. And just through that and their college ministry uh, began to uh, see how I could read the Bible, uh, learn to read the Bible, learn to pray, learn to share the gospel effectively. And um, yeah, man, I, that's uh, that's my testimony. Hey, praise God, man. <laughs> praise God. And someone out there needs to hear that, right? Because like I have a way of sharing the gospel. Yeah. But my way of sharing the gospel is not your way of sharing the gospel, hmm. right? It's not the way of the gospel of anyone else in the church, which means that like each and every one of us, yeah. right? Second Corinthians, right? When Paul says that each of us has been comforted by God hmm. so hmm. that we can show that comfort to others, right? Yeah. And oftentimes when we're thinking about that verse, we're thinking about all of the ways that God has comforted us downstream from the initial gospel mm -hmm. that comforted our souls most of all, right? We're always thinking about ways that, and I'm not saying that all that's bad. I actually think it's really good that we're thinking about ways that we can practically mm -hmm. comfort our neighbors. You know what I mean? Like second mm -hmm. uh, greatest commandment, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. It's something that we should be thinking about. But I don't want us to forget that no matter what, we've all been comforted by God through the gospel. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what gives Paul the ability to claim the gospel as his own, even. Yeah. Right. Like in almost a scandalous way, sometimes when we read Paul's writings, he'll say, My gospel. Mm. And I know I'm not the only one that's been like, My gospel. <laughs> Paul, like, you didn't make the gospel. Right. But what he means by that is my gospel presentation. Yeah. Right. This is how the gospel has comforted the soul of Paul the apostle. Mm. Right. And hopefully hopefully praying to god that that way that the gospel has comforted me can also comfort you yeah right yeah. and that's why i do what i do right <laughs> like hopefully someone out there is being comforted by the way that mm. i share the gospel right and it's why i bring on people like sammy it's why i share the stories of the persecuted church around the globe because mm. my gospel is not the gospel yeah. Right. It's the gospel in my context, mm. but we need to hear the gospel in more and more people's context. Mm. Mm. So that way we can understand what about the gospel is closed hand. What about it is, you know, universal mm. and what about it is cultural and able to be let go. 
right? It's what we talk about all the time on this podcast. What does it mean to really be a foreign saint? And we'll get into that in the back half of when we get into John 17, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah. for now, um, you know, tell us about, you know, tell us about Harbor city church, man. Like how'd yeah. that start? What are they about? Yeah. Tell man. your tale, man. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll kind of fast forward from my, uh, hearing my testimony. So I, I mentioned college going to NC state. So let's fast forward with me to uh, fall of 2021. Um, I am, was in my last full year. I was a, a senior, um, had a super senior year too. So don't really know what to call it, but basically <laughs> I was on like year four out of five, five and a half, but I was just considering what to do uh, with my future. Uh, you know, had lots of options, was considering uh, Summit College staff, which is a two-year commitment to be sharing the gospel and making disciples uh, on a college campus in the Triangle. So NC State, UNC, or Duke um, was also considering uh, going overseas and doing a program called Journeyman through the International Mission Board. That's a two-year um, two-year thing overseas, uh, church planting, sharing the gospel in an uh, international context. Um, was also just considering like moving to a city where I knew a summit had a church plant and getting a job there in engineering. Um, or just was like, yeah, I really had no idea. Um, but heard about this church, uh, Harbor City Church, that was going to be planted, was actually uh, the student director at the campus I was at, Phil. Um, he mentioned to me and my friend, Kobe, he was like, hey, y'all want to come to this interest meeting uh, for this church plant that I'm going to be going on? Uh, we're trying to plant next summer uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, we're going to have free Chick-fil-A. I was like, yeah, I'll be there, free Chick-fil-A. <laughs> like, I've got nothing going on. It was a Monday night. Hey, you, don't, um, you don't get much better hospitality than that, bro. Exactly. Bro? Right. Like, cater, like for a college student, things. like that's like, man, that's that's a dream, dream come true. So I was like, yeah, I'll go there. Went to that meeting and got to uh, meet my current pastor, Jonathan um, there, met him over Zoom. Uh, he was zooming in. He was actually in Charleston, I believe, and um, had been just meeting up with pastors and uh, getting to know the city more. And just from there, man, the Lord put it on my heart like to really consider and pray about Charleston and Harbor City Church. And I went on a vision trip in January, a couple months later, and uh, the Lord made it clear, like, this is where he wanted me. Just being there, uh, seeing the beauty of the city, uh, just the culture, the rich history, um, just the, like, vast, uh, you know, just vast uh, environment there, you know, just beautiful you know, trees in the downtown area, the beach and water, um, but also the brokenness too. like just hearing about the stories of just um, like racial unrest that have happened there. And then also um, just really the amount of church decline. You see these steeples um, as you go into the city, but uh, heard a fact that only about 8% of people in Charleston go to church uh, regularly and regularly is once a month. So oh, wow. um yeah, just heard that. And I was tore up with that. I was like, that's not okay. In a city that's called, quote unquote, the holy city. I was like, man, this city is not holy, um, truly by word indeed. So um, yeah, I was like, all right, I'm going to pray about this really felt like this was where God wanted me. And sure enough, he uh, opened doors and closed other doors and led me here and uh, led me to Charleston. And so yeah, um, Harbor City Church, we started in September of last year. 2022. And um, this is our mission statement. We say that following the Holy Spirit, Harbor City Church exists um, to be a movement of disciple making disciples 
or to be a gospel renewal movement of disciple-making disciples in Charleston and the world. So um, I'll break that down. Um, We follow the Holy Spirit. Everything we do is led by the Holy Spirit, just like the book of Acts. Um, Nothing we do is of our own accord. It is all from God. Um, And then we exist to, uh, we're a gospel renewal movement. So what that is, man, like Kari said at the beginning, the gospel is foundation. Everything we do as individuals, as with churches, is centered on the gospel. And then the gospel renews. The gospel changes. It brings life. It's done that to Kari and I. It's done that to um, my pastors in Charleston. You know, the gospel renews and changes. It gives life. It um, makes broken things new. Um, It makes... um, or it restores broken things. It just changes uh, families. It changes cities. And then it's a movement. We don't believe that um, it's just us, Harbor City. We want to partner with other churches, collaborate. We want to work together with what God's already doing there because there's some rich gospel history. Um, We know we're not the solution, but we definitely want to be a part of what God's doing. And we also want to see it go beyond Harbor City Church. We want to see a legacy of discipleship and a legacy of gospel witness and um, just a transformation in the city of Charleston and different suburbs there. So, um, yeah, that's why we say we're a gospel renewal movement. And it starts in Charleston, but it doesn't end in Charleston. You know, we believe God is raising up. Uh, future pastors, missionaries, ministry leaders from Harbor City who might stay in Charleston and go revitalize another church, but might also go, you know, overseas and plant a church in the 1040 window, um, who might go to a, a college campus in America that doesn't have a church and start a church there, or just uh, might go all over the world to uh, plant churches, to make disciples. So we really believe God is doing that. And uh, yeah. That that's who we are, man. Man, and I just gotta I just gotta jump in here, man, and just say like like I've seen it. Like what Sammy's mm-hmm. talking about as far as the gospel renewing. Yeah. Like I I really wish that churches had taken, you know, greater opportunity during the middle of all the I mean, you can you can hold the mic, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's fine, dude. Um you know, I really wish churches had taken the opportunity more and more during all of the social unrest. Yep. Um, you know, because People that have been listening to Foreign Saints since the beginning will know mm-hmm. that the, that I felt like God was really calling me to do something with yeah. the Internet and the gospel for a while. But I just I don't know whether it was false humility or laziness or whatever, but I just didn't do it. But it was seeing and some people are going to get offended by this and tough. <laughs> but yeah. like the thing that really convinced me was watching the January 6th mm-hmm. um, insurrection at the Capitol mm-hmm. and just seeing like. Not so much that there were unbelievers wrapped up in that, because I personally, like, I, I'm not surprised, mm-hmm. right? Like, if this world is all you have as a kingdom, you have to fight for it. But Jesus said that his kingdom's not of this world, so mm-hmm. his servants in this realm wouldn't fight. But, you know, I saw Christians wrapped up in this. I saw yeah. Christians wrapped up in this movement for a while, and I just really felt like God was just kind of confirming to me, like, mm. dude, one more voice mm-hmm. preaching the gospel consistently yeah. and accurately how could that hurt mm. like like you say that you don't belong in this space mm-hmm. really like the harvest is plentiful it's the laborers that are few you know this car yeah get out there and i feel like it's a message that all <clears throat> of us need to hear is mm-hmm. that 
you know, what we oftentimes think to ourselves is that, man, there's no one that wants to hear anymore. America's done. There's no hope. How many times have you heard that from people on slightly more, uh, you know, on slightly more conservative, uh, you know, slants? Not every conservative, not all, but a number. You know, how many of, you know, the way, how much of what they say leads you to a place of doom and gloom instead of to a place of hoping for all things? as Paul tells us in first Corinthians, right? Like, and that's one of the, another reason why I wanted you to hear from more than me, right? (laughs) Hear from a guy whose boots on the ground in a city. What do you say? Like 8%? Yeah. Regular, like 8%. Yeah. Like, like post pandemic, like 8% regular attending. So which means most people are either not in the faith or sheep that are being marred by wolves without the protection of the flock. And yet God is still moving, right? Mm -hmm. We're 2000 years after the resurrection and you're mm-hmm. still here christian yeah right what does that mean generation a legacy of people in seemingly unwinnable cultural situations that mm-hmm. said i don't care if this is the last generation of christianity yeah. in this nation then we're gonna go down swinging and mm-hmm. preaching mm-hmm. all right if That's this bad. is it then we're gonna go down like a jeremiah with gospel leaving our lips mm-hmm. instead of imprisoned yeah. behind our teeth mm-hmm. you know what i mean like we go down like the Chinese Christians, when they get kidnapped and taken into the mountains, either stop preaching the gospel or we cut your tongue out of your head. Okay, then I'll start preaching in Morse code. I'll start writing letters. I'll start sending smoke signals up with God's forgiveness. But you're going to have to completely annihilate me if you want this temple to stop worshiping the one true God. Because that's not going to happen as long as I got breath in my lips, bro. Amen. That's not going to happen. Wow. And until we get that kind of passion back to mm-hmm. actually fight for Jesus' kingdom mm-hmm. the way that he calls us to, not with arms, not by fighting for two-way rights per se, but mainly mm-hmm. by focusing on our spiritual enemies, those principalities and powers that are puppeteering the people, mm-hmm. right? Those are our actual enemies. Yeah. Not what's going on in Washington, not what's going on down the street, the local PTA meeting, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like send the gospel to that, yeah. right? I have seen racists <laughs> come to heal in the deep mm-hmm. South mm-hmm. from the gospel preached post George Floyd, Yeah, right? I've seen that in my own life. People that have racist tendencies, a group of people that we tend to think are unsavable, mm. right? Especially as an African-American, right? And I've seen God teach me a thing or two about the power of the gospel mm. and what it can do in the soul of a man, right? So, you know, you know, got a, got a, you know, a little less than 10 minutes here, but, you know, tell us a little something about, you know, just something that you've seen or you know, something that really stands out is just, yo, like God's not bound. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Down in, you know, down in, in Charleston. Charleston. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, Corey. Uh, so yeah, God has been at work in so many cool ways. Um, but I'll share a story here. Um, yeah, I won't use, uh, won't use like names just for, I guess, privacy sake right, right. kind yeah, of yeah. thing. But, um, it is weird to think yeah. about that now that you're like behind the mic. <laughs> right. Like, oh man. Like, like, I gotta oh, think yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, there's this girl here who, uh, she graduated, um, actually from school up here in Charlotte. Um, last year and moved down to Charleston, got a job, um, and started coming to our church. And she, um, was not a believer at the time. She had just heard about our church. Um, and we started last September and we, but we started just with Sunday afternoon services. Um, so she started coming towards the end, um, of the year. So like last few Sunday afternoons, we started meeting, uh, Sunday mornings this year, um, as we began to merge with the church that was hosting us. And, um, 
but anyway, she was coming and just, um, she was really just felt the Lord moving in her life. She was like, man, like I hear the gospel here and I've never heard this before. It, this like, I want to like believe, but like, I don't know how to. And she really just had a lot of questions. She was coming back like hungry, like Kari said, um, it was evident she was hungry. She was looking for truth. She um, had even voiced to like me and a couple other people in our church. She was like, I'm just not satisfied with my life when what's going on. Hey, and we, go. yeah, we we're like, Hey, we know how you can be satisfied. And, um, you know, multiple of us just got to really like love on her and community. And um, she like one uh, Sunday morning after Pastor Jonathan um, made an invitation um, after just a clear gospel presentation, like she raised her hand and said she wanted to believe and um, she was ready to take that step of faith. And um, it was just cool. Like she got baptized, um, I think right after Easter, I want to say. Um, so she like went public with her faith and now she like is in a community group, which we call, um, those are our small groups and she's growing and she's like taking the gospel to her workplace and has even brought like some of her coworkers. And it's just been cool how, uh, the gospel has changed her. And, um, that's what we do it. You know, we say, we want to see the gospel, uh, see one more person renewed by the gospel. Um, and one more, and from there, one more person again, and, um, one more church renewed by the gospel. And so we're seeing that already in year one. And, um, yeah, that's just a really cool way, uh, tangible story of what God has been doing at Harbor City Church. And um, just one last thing here, last five minutes, and this is going to be kind of a lot to squeeze into five minutes, Sam, yeah. so I'll try and say this quick. But <laughs> um, If there's one misconception about church planting mm. that you think that you've kind of encountered in Christians lately, yeah. what would it be and how would you answer it? And uh, then in this, you know, you see the timer on the screen here, right? So like in yeah. the last couple minutes here, you know, Give some information on Harbor City Church mm. about how people can reach out, okay. be a part if they're interested, you know, if they're in if they're in Charleston and want to connect yeah. or if you have any sort of like online thing. Now is okay. the time yeah. to, let the, to let the people know, right? Sweet. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, uh, misconception, I would say, and I used to have this too, uh, was that church planning is only for like those who are called to full-time ministry. Uh, so like your pastors, your kind of missions, directors, whatever, like kind of like those spiritual Paul and like Timothy people in the New Testament. And man, like that couldn't be further from the truth. Like, yes, it includes pastors and missions and, um, you know, your those people. But man, it is for the everyday Christian, whether you're working a nine to five or you're working in food service. I mean, I was at Chick-fil-A when I moved like uh, so, man, it is awesome because you get to be a part of the mission of God in such a real unique way. Like you get to um, really just step into an area of need and really just hit the ground running. Like Kari said, boots on the ground. Like I remember the first few months we friends and I, we're just going out to meet people. We're uh, finding new places to hang out, new restaurants to eat at. And just as we're going out, it's like, man, how can we love these people? Let's invite them to church. Let's get their number. Let's uh, play basketball with them. And just, um, I think it's been cool just to see. It's like, man, the church, it takes the whole body. Like um, Paul says uh, in first Corinthians, like, you know, the body is one with many parts and we've needed that because man, like, if one of our launch team members wasn't there, we felt that effect. It's like we needed each other. So it's been cool to see how God's grown that. Um, so yeah, if like church planning is for you, it's for everyone. 
Um, and don't forget, like the if you're in a church that's been established for a while, that was one day a church plant. So there were men and women who um, pioneered that and um, that, you know, you can trace that all the way back to uh, the early church through the book of Acts. So I just remember that. And then as far as uh, Harbor City um, for who we are. So, um, yeah, our website is harborcitychs.com. So great place to start. Um, but if you're in the Charleston area, like we would love to have you come out. We've got service on Sunday at 9.15 and 11 a.m. So uh, come to one or both of our services. We'd love to have you um, bring your kids to. got a great, vibrant kids ministry that preaches the gospel. Um, so it's not just child care, but it is discipleship. Um, and then, yeah, if you're in the community, like um, whether you've been to a church in Charleston, uh, been to multiple or uh, you've never been to a church in Charleston, we'd love for you to come. Uh, we preach the gospel. We go straight through scripture. We're finishing up the book of the book of John right now and I'm uh, going to go into an Advent series in December, just seeing who Jesus is and what Christmas is about. So um, Christmas, December, uh, kind of shameless plug. This would be a great time for you to come out. Um, you know, we have a space for you. You are welcome. Come as you are. And we look forward to seeing you. And um, yeah, reach out to me. Um, Kari can share kind of my info um, probably in some way. And please feel free to reach out. Um, look up our website, social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook. So, And that website, yeah. one more time, is? Yes, yeah, it is Harbor City uh, CHS, Harbor City CHS for Charleston.com. Um, so Harbor City CHS.com. All right. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. So that's my boy, Sammy. Um, he's going to be with us in the back half of the episode as we right. tear up John 17 and talk about what does it mean to really have life in the Messiah. I promise you it's not exactly what you may have been told. I got a short intermission and then we'll be back with the show. India, a hostile nation to Christianity. Under Prime Minister Narendra Modi, the Hindu Nationalist Organization, RSS, has seen a 20% increase in membership. Its emboldened base seeks to forcibly unite India under Hinduism despite the country's great diversity of languages, cultures, and religions. Although Prime Minister Modi has publicly said his government will not tolerate religious discrimination, his actions have proved otherwise. Vague policies such as laws forbidding the conversion of Hindus have passed in several Indian states, and the push for a similar federal law has gained support. These state anti-conversion laws have long been used against pastors, church planters, and evangelists. Conversely, reconversion ceremonies known as Gar Wapsi, or homecoming, which return Indians to Hinduism, sometimes by force, have become increasingly common. Despite greater government restrictions on Christianity, churches are growing. About 80% of Indians are Hindus and more than 10% are Muslims. India is also the birthplace of Buddhism. The Indian government does not release accurate statistics about its Christian population, so exact figures aren't available. While there are an estimated 30 to 70 million Christians in India, this is no more than a 5% minority among India's staggering population of nearly 1.4 billion people. The main persecutors are well-organized Hindu extremist groups, local governments and nationalist Hindus who seek to purify India by making it entirely Hindu. They seek to appease Hindu deities by eliminating Christians and they view Christian converts as traitors to the Hindu homeland. 
Hindu nationalist informants live in nearly every village and report on the activities of Christians, resulting in attacks and arrests. When Christians are attacked, they often drop charges against their attackers to show forgiveness as a witness for Christ. Churches have been demolished and burned, worship gatherings have been disrupted, crosses and graveyards have been vandalized, and Bibles and other Christian literature have been confiscated and burned. Many pastors have been beaten and jailed, and several are martyred each year. Christians are often arrested and detained up to three weeks after being falsely accused of forcing Hindus to convert to Christianity. With legal assistance, they are normally able to post bail or show that the charges are unfounded. Man, pray for them, yeah? Pray for pastors in southern India who minister to the Banjara tribe. Pray for Christian organizations as many are being shut down by new government regulations. Pray for those experiencing increased persecution from Hindu extremists. Pray for the 150 new churches planted in unreached areas. And pray that God will touch the hearts of government officials trying to stop the evangelical work. Remember their chains, yeah? Let's keep moving. Isaiah 51, verses 7 and 8. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear not the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at their revilings. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever, and my salvation to all generations. Right? What is our confidence in church planning? Not just that, but what is our confidence in making disciples? Great Commission style, right? It's this, God's command to his people, his people that know the righteousness of Christ, to not be afraid of the reproach of man, the reproach of unbelieving man that mocks Christ, and the reproach of jaded Christians that mock your belief in God, to be able to save man in this current generation, as he has in subsequent generations, and as he will in future generations. Right? His salvation will go to all generations. And you have the authority of Jesus Christ on that. So go forward in his name and his authority. Make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And do it with boldness and with joy, singing aloud in your heart. And now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the Foreign Saints podcast, continuing our pulse check for those of us that endeavor to die daily. Got my man Sammy from Harbor City Church, um, and we're going to get into John 17 and talk about life and the Messiah truly. But first, because uh, we're real people doing real content, um, we really forget things sometimes. And there's something that he wanted to mention first before we get into our second half here. Yeah. Yeah, so... I just wanted to kind of share and clarify what uh, my role is with Harbor City Church. So uh, currently I'm on staff uh, with Harbor City Church. I'm what we call a college apprentice. So we have an apprenticeship program institute um, that we develop and pour into the next generation of leaders. So I'm getting to, uh, the experience and the just joy of doing that. So started in August. And uh, so my focus is on college ministry. So I do college ministry 
at the College of Charleston, the Citadel, and Charleston Southern. So uh, meeting students, sharing the gospel, discipling them, bringing them to church, uh, doing life with them. And uh, yeah, just wanted to provide um, a little bit of clarity um, for uh, what my role is with Harbor City Church. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we uh we got into it in that first half, <laughs> we man. Did. You know, um. But yeah, uh, didn't wanna didn't wanna waste this opportunity with Sammy and not get into <clears throat> scripture. So, just thinking about you know something that I think both of us really have a heart for, but also really coincides with I believe God's purpose for this particular uh, podcast show. Um, and it just hit me like John seventeen, mm-hmm. like where Jesus literally talks about what eternal life is definitionally. And, you know, for those that don't know, John 17 is what is usually termed as Jesus's high priestly prayer. But you just consider it like Jesus's last like formal words before his crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. He's got his disciples gathered with him. He's praying one last time. And this is what he prays the entirety of the 17th chapter mm-hmm. of John. And it's in this chapter where Jesus gives a definition for what eternal life is. I know most of us think that it is just living forever, but that is actually not what eternal life is. Um, And since it's not just me, Sammy, um, if you could read the verse in question, tell the people what eternal life really (laughs) is. All right. So yeah, John 17, 3, this is Jesus speaking. He says, and this is eternal life. That they know you. To catch that? The only true God. Not so much that you live forever. <laughs> that they know the only true God. And who else? Yeah. The only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And, oh my gosh, there is so much there um, that needs to be unpacked. But I think the first thing I want to get into is, like, how much does it change our categories for thinking about eternal mm-hmm. life, right? Because yeah. so often we think about what we're going to get later not that you should never think about that please like it's a motivator right right? it's perfectly fine um but we limit thinking of eternal life to Mm. just an endless life to just an inextinguishable life right Mm. but we miss the core of it which is knowing god Mm. and jesus right um and so to that end uh sammy's got a bunch of meditations um, and I've, you know, I write literally in my Bible all the time. So we're just going to get a bunch too now. Don't short yourself. Hey, man, look, I, look, nah, look now, man, it would be, it'd be uncouth of me to brag about myself when you know, <laughs> guest of honor is uh, in the booth for me. You, right. You. But, you know, you know, Sammy, you know, break, break that down. Like, you know, what, uh, you know, what kind of stands out to you, not just in that verse, but yeah. well, I guess, firstly, in that verse, we'll move on mm-hmm. to the chapter in a minute, but just about. Yeah, that sentence from Jesus. Yeah, so I would say first off, um, I wrote eternal life is a present reality for the saints. Uh, we don't have to wait till heaven to experience the joy of eternal life. And like Corey just alluded to, like, man, like heaven is amazing. It's going to be amazing. Uh, it is a gift. But man, let's not miss up on right now. Like we get to know God. We get to have eternal life right now. Uh, this is a joy. It's a privilege. And like Jesus wouldn't have said, uh, wouldn't have said it if it wasn't true, you know? Um, so it's like, wow, like guys, let's not wait. And like, it makes me think back to, uh, in, uh, Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. And he said, like, um, your 
Father, uh, your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Like Jesus was literally, literally praying for heaven to come on earth. And I think this verse connects there like eternal life. Heaven will be eternal life. But Jesus wanted us to experience that eternal life now to know him deeply and richly through communion, through fellowship with uh, God, but also with community, with our saints. So that's uh, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Right. And it kind of even harkens back to <clears throat> the objections to my friend Zachary that we were dealing with last episode. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and not just him, but even what people ask me all the time is like, OK, well, the disciples may have been eyewitnesses of his majesty. Right. Mm -hmm. Second Peter one. Right. Yeah. They're claiming they didn't follow cleverly devised myths because they saw with their own eyes, right? Mm -hmm. But what about us today? Yeah. What do I have that's the equivalent? And I would say this, mm -hmm. John 17, 3. That's Remember right. also what Jesus says uh, later on, right? Or I guess earlier on, actually, um, in John, when he says that, you know, the Father in him will make our home with mm -hmm. the one who believes yep. and obeys my word, John right? 14. Right, like yeah. that, that's not like falsifiable to anyone outside of you, but it is falsifiable to you, mm. right? That's a promise from Jesus, right? That anyone who believes on him, right? That believes on him for uh, salvation from sin, right? And commits mm. to living with him as their king, Jesus and the father will make their home with him. Yeah. You will literally be the temple of God, right? Not the temple in the way that we talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. Just something mm -hmm. valuable. So you eat kale all the time, right? <laughs> no, like you'll be a literal temple, right? And what's a temple for? A temple houses the associated deity, mm. right? And that was Jesus's promise. You will be a housing vessel mm. for oh. the deity that you've chosen to associate with me and the father, right? The one God, me and the father, mm. you deal with that. Yeah. You deal with that, right? <laughs> right. But yeah. that's the promise of Jesus. And so what that means is, stunningly, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, right? Because of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, we spiritually become, no matter where we are placed in time, through the Holy Spirit, we are contemporaries of the 12 apostles. Mm -hmm. Right? Like... What they saw with their eyes, we see with spiritual eyes. Yeah. Right? The Jesus that they walked with lives in me. Mm. And I know that. I don't just believe it. Right? Mm. Like, if Jesus really has moved in, you're telling me that God, that God that came with thunder and lightning on Sinai, that <laughs> God that so filled the Old Testament temple that the priests couldn't even do their regular work, he's living in me? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you should expect <laughs> you to be moved out in a little, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right. Just like That's the old good. Testament priests couldn't do life as usual once God came in. Right. So too can a Christian not do life as usual mm. once God actually moves in. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think at least you, Sammy, are definitely a testimony of that. Right. Like if mm. Jesus doesn't move into you, yeah. why do you spend your time the way that you spend it? <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, i'm just wasting my time if just that's wasted the case. my time right like <laughs> like and and it, man like and paul says it right like we're people to be most pitied if jesus didn't rise mm -hmm. right like it's not just pascal's wager even though most people quote pascal's wager out of pascal's actual context interestingly enough like like pascal wasn't trying to say all of that right 
because scripture say no like if you're really sold out for jesus it should be sad if jesus mm. didn't rise mm -hmm. because that's how sold out you are right if jesus is so inconsequential that he's just a poor bet made one time mm. what are you doing <laughs> like what what are, you, what are you doing with your time um it was sammy man like what man. what else you got bro is this a rich yeah, chapter this is rich man yeah so i think i kind of want to piggyback off of kari here go for it um, bro. man so um an observation i took uh from the text here uh i wrote down that knowing god is one of the chief purposes as followers of jesus so man like we i don't think we we being the um western church and specifically like american churches uh even southern church i've lived in the south my whole life so that's my context don't want to um, assume falsely for other parts of the country. And I know there are great churches that, um, see, cause we're know. trying to use our words responsibly on foreign saints. Exactly. Like, That's right. We're trying to remember the context, but right. cause yeah, just, just, just quick little jab here. Right. Because yeah. when you talk in absolutes, you make yourself absolutely enraged. That's right. All right. Mm -hmm. So like, unless you yeah. have proof of an absolute, like the word of God, or you've actually investigated every single instance, yep. you probably shouldn't use an absolute. Mm. And I think you'll notice your own personal rage <laughs> go down yep. as you talk more accurately about your limited perspective on reality. Mm. But wow, that's a topic Good for lesson. the time. <laughs> Man, that's, that's a, uh, that's a sub, uh, <laughs> a sub nugget that you know that's that's not even part of the main that's why main you movie, gotta you know? subscribe and click the bell that's notification, right man. bro you like, get you get this stuff like you just for free you get the nuggets you and know? the sauce yeah, bro. like all that's of right <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so yeah uh what i was gonna say man is like we just don't talk about that enough like knowing god and just what that means like i mean i'm asking myself kind of uh you know, asking you guys, but kind of uh, is like, man, what does it mean to know God? Well, the answer is right here that we know, like that we worship, that we right. truly uh, think of a friendship, you know, like Kari and I, we can truly say we know each other. We've experienced each other's friendship. We've hung out together, talked, we've done fun things together we've done hard things together you know cried right. prayed for each other all these things we've shared experience and i think like that's what i would say to summarize that is like you've got to share experience with god you can't just know god from hearing him once a week at church or listening to um you know a podcast um like once a week or whatever but like you have to personally experience it you've got to like come think of a meal like if a steak dinner is put out on the table that's great but if you don't dig in if you don't take your fork and knife and chop it up and like actively you know embrace that steak actively like receive right. it you know right. it's just gonna sit there and it's not a steak dinner until you actually cut into it you take that first bite and then you start to enjoy it and think the same is true with god like he's the balls in our court he's given us his word he's given us his holy spirit now it's up to us. We've got to be uh, good stewards of that. You know, we, especially in this age, like there's so many things we can know. I think of myself, I'm like, man, I'd love to keep up with sports, you know, NC State or uh, the Hornets now as basketball started, big NBA guy. And it's like, man, I can know all these things. And I say I do. I look up the stats or highlights right. and all these things. And it's like, man, those things are good. But how much greater is Jesus? Like, I'm not going to get eternal life from watching, you know, a 360 dunk by right. Lamelo Ball or whoever, <laughs> you know, like, 
you know, eternal life is from knowing God. Um, which I need to read the book, but J.I. Packer has a book called Knowing God. Um, let's read it together. You know, if you were listening here, you're like, ah, oh, I need to read that. Like, keep me accountable. I'll keep you accountable. But <laughs> um, I think that's that's a great resource. My pastor and others have recommended it. But yeah, I think it just starts there. You know God through through the word. You got to be in it daily. Um, you got to be in prayer. Um, the word is how God speaks to you. Prayer is how we speak to God. Um, so the, it's that two-way street. Um, so that's where I would start. And I'll definitely, um, and I'll... <clears throat> piggyback off the piggyback yeah with, um, with an old testament example um i told you like off mic like a couple days ago maybe mm. a week ago now that i've been doing a lot of study in typology yeah um and probably could have mentioned that last episode with everything having to do with scripture and i kind of did not as much as i probably could have but um you know typology is the study of you know types and what is a type right it's a picture usually a fuzzy picture in the old testament of jesus christ right and there's almost no limit to what these could be but they are divinely inspired analogies right Mm -hmm. and from what where do we get this notion of topology from jesus in the gospel of john who said that dude even moses wrote about me yeah like if you're reading the books of moses and you don't come away saying i know jesus better Mm -hmm. you didn't read them at the depth of the they were intended you to have read them at. Yeah. Um, and this example is one of them, right? The Passover lamb, mm. right? You know, kind of to your point about you have to individually know God. You can't just ride the coattails yep. of like your parents or your community's yeah. salvation, right. right? Like you have to individually know God, right? So for those in the know scripturally, where what actually this would be a fun little pop quiz for you, Sammy. <laughs> See right. how well you know. <laughs> The Old Testament, bro. Where was the blood of the Passover lamb supposed to be applied? It's on the top of the door. (laughs) On the the door post, post. right? Right, and it was representative for who? For Jesus. Well, for us. Right, but for everyone in the house, right? Right, everyone in the house, right? But what else did Moses say? He didn't just leave it there, right? When we talk about the Passover, that's oftentimes where we leave it. Mm -hmm. But when you go back to the text... Right. And you actually read the entire instruction about the Passover. You had to apply the blood of the lamb to the doorpost. Right. Mm-hmm. So that the death angel would pass over. Right. But additionally, every individual person underneath that blood covering on the house had to eat their mm-hmm. own portion That's of right. the Passover lamb. Yep. And if they didn't, if one person in the house didn't, then for that one person, the whole house the blood sacrifice didn't necessarily cover Mm -hmm. right and it's like whoa well what's that a picture of dude it's typology Mm. what is that saying dude you might have the blood of the lamb on your family but have you eaten Mm. of the passover lamb did you you ever get a plate Mm. or are you just saying nah it's fine you know my mom and my dad and my brothers and sisters they ate a plate Mm. i don't have to eat a plate you know what i mean we we got the blood we got the lamb in the house but it's not in you The lamb is in your life, but he's not in your life. Yeah. Right. And so you have nothing. Yeah. But a bunch of eye candy. Right. You see it, but you don't have it. Mm. Right. And that's what Jesus is talking about. You got to know me. Yeah. You can't just know things about me. Right. And that's where, you know, Southern Christian knowledge. Right. If you don't mind, you know, it's relationship. Like, and that's why Kari started off by sharing the gospel and like my testimony and he shared his like it's about relationship it's about 
not knowing facts about God and Jesus and all this knowledge, but because that was me back in the day, you know, I had all these knowledge of God, but I didn't actually know him. I hadn't been changed by him. And so it's relationship. We have to experience God. We have to let him change us. We have to like be willing to hear from him. Um, just like a friendship, you know, Kari and I, we wouldn't have a good friendship if we didn't call each other, text, stay in touch, mm-hmm. you know, like we need that, like, otherwise we would just yeah. uh, quote unquote, know each other. I'd be like, oh, this is Kari. He's a cool dude. This is Sammy, but I don't really you know. know him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it speaks to relationship. It's right. not about religion and what you do for God, but because of what God's done for us, now we get to know him. And it makes me think back to like John. Uh, like 14, 15, 16, where he's like, Jesus says, like, I want my joy to be in you and your and my joy or your joy will be full. And that's through knowing him. Mm-hmm. So. And then um, it brings me a little lower in this chapter in John 17 to verse six, when Jesus says, I have manifested that word manifest just means mm-hmm. to make known. I have made known your name, whose yeah. name, the name of the father to the people whom you have given me out of the world Mm. you've given me these people out of the world to be mine and this blows my mind yours they were and you gave them to me Mm. and they've kept their word what Mm. are you telling me i was never my own no look i'm not a calvinist i'm not going that way but the word (laughs) says what it says right i was never my own i was always destined to be a present Mm. for the father always had his eye on me Mm -hmm. right and it's like whoa (laughs) what manner of love is this and more to the point that jesus would see me as a present worthy of his joy Mm. right because we've all gotten presents where we put on fake joy but jesus gets us gets you me sammy you listener as a gift from the father to him Mm. and he has real joy not fake joy yeah right and happiness not but joy right right joy lasting right not a temporary eternal yeah eternal joy at receiving us and it's like dude like i ain't i ain't worth all that Mm. but i guess it's your love that turns this zero into a 10 dude you know what i mean like like it's your love (laughs) placed on me that really gives me all this value and that is amazing and just for confidence sake because there's something i do want to get to here Mm. um just just for confidence well there's a pit stop i guess i'll make here um (laughs) in verse eight for i have given them the words that you gave me Mm -hmm. all right so what has jesus done right this is all in the context of knowing god right you want to know the answer to what does it mean to know god read the rest of john 17 Mm because jesus breaks it down right and all of this is just elaborating on that concept of knowing god right right and the fact that jesus prayed he prays these words for his, he prayed for the 12 disciples, but also for us, you and me, Corey, for you listener, like Jesus was praying that we would know him. If you look down, like, oh yeah, 20, oh yeah, we'll get 20s, to it. That's, so, that's where I want to camp. That's where you're going. All right. That's where we're going to land. Holy Spirit and doing his thing. And I'll let, and I'll let you have the fun <laughs> to be able to read that. All right. Um, but verse eight, for I have given them the words that you gave me and they have received them. So what does it mean to know God? Not just to hear the words of God, but for you to choose to receive them, right? Because you can choose to reject the words of God. Mm. Like I was talking about last episode, you can choose to say, God, I don't think your way makes sense. God, I think you're stupid. I don't like your ways. (laughs) I don't like the things you commit. I'm not going to receive your words. Mm. Okay, then you won't know God, right? 
then you won't know God. Um, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you mm. and they have believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them, wow. not for the world. He's not praying for the world, yeah, but for those whom you have given me for they are yours, right? Mm. Jesus mm. cares that his people know the truth, right? We can't be so lax on theology anymore, church. Yeah. Not if you actually care about seeing lives transformed. Because to know God and get that eternal life, you have to receive the words of God as they actually are in truth, the word of God. Mm -hmm. And not edit it. You know what I mean? Like if there's a part in you that at God's word, crucify it. Mm. And then crucify it again. Yeah. Right? But where I want to land, right, is verse 20, as Sammy said. Well, dang, I say verse 20. There's just so much here. Um I'll say, let's see, 15, 16, 17, 18. I'll say 16. Hear what Jesus said. I got to say this just because it's the Foreign Saints podcast. Yeah, man. He literally prays that we be foreigners <laughs> in this world. Right. He says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Mm. Right? The same way, no one in the world likes me or really understand. Same with them. Mm. Right? sanctify them what does yeah. sanctify mean it means set apart right. for service to god jesus prays that you would be set apart mm. for service to god not set apart to just find comfort yeah. in this life sanctify them set them apart in the truth mm. and your word is truth there again we got to receive it right. as you yeah. sent me into the world so i've sent them into the world and for their sake i consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Why did Jesus do what he did literally for you? And then Sammy, go ahead and prove it. Yeah. With verse 20, verse my 20. brother. How long do you want me to go till? Oh, uh, you know where. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, starting in verse 20, y'all. Uh, Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have been that you have given me i've given to them that they may be one even as we are one and that is amazing sammy Man. break it down brother yeah so yeah like i said a few minutes ago like jesus prayed for us church like brother and sister um jesus was praying right then like this shows the love and this shows like Man, why wouldn't we want to know God and know Jesus when Jesus was praying for us? Literally, he could have been praying for, um, you know, like he does pray in the garden, like, Father, let this cup pass from me. But literally, he could have prayed like all about himself, all about just uh, any kind of struggles. He could have been like, man, like he could have wrestled with God for hours and he would have been just to do that. But instead, he took the time, you know, just a couple hours away from going up on the cross and being crucified, tried and crucified. And he prays for us guys. Like that is amazing. Why would we not want to know this Jesus? Why? Like, man, we've talked about knowing Jesus, eternal life. Like, man, this is someone I want to know. This is someone who is humble, who is full of love, who like truly cares. This is someone who, um, is just countercultural. Like we, I can, we haven't met anyone like this in our indeed, day, indeed. you know, so I think it's just awesome. And just to see that he prayed for our unity, um, like man, church, like we have fallen short in this, but we don't have to be defined by that. Like let's pursue God together through knowing God together, like through Kari helping me know 
God and through me helping Corey to know God. Oh, definitely like, helping me. This this has helped us build a bond. We like have grown in unity. Um, so like let us be an example and like church, like pursue this unity, like help your brothers and sisters. We we're not supposed to do it alone. And uh, Jesus prayed that we would be perfectly one. So uh, yeah, may those words like encourage you. Like, and I want to blow yeah. you away real quick with a meditation <laughs> that I had here yeah. pretty late, right? Come on. Later on in this, right at the end, right? Look at verse 24, right? Read it for the people. Yeah. Father, 24. I Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. All right. So catch that, right? What did Jesus just ask for? What did he pray for, right? That we would be with him where he is mm. for a purpose. And what is that purpose, right? Yeah. That we would see, see his, his glory. glory that the father has given him, mm. not just in heaven, yeah. but he wants us to be in a spot in heaven where we can see his full <clears throat> glory, mm. right? The thing that Moses asked for, let me see your full glory. Yeah. You'll get that, right? And an encouragement to people that have been praying for things for a long time and haven't seen it. Mm. Jesus prayed for that 2000 years ago and that still hasn't been answered mm. for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you know, he's Jesus, right? right? <laughs> like even there's even things that Jesus prayed for that God has to take mm. time to work They're out unanswered. Yeah. But the promise in revelation chapter three, mm. verse 21, right? I want you, I want you guys to hear this, right? Jesus asked for what I'm about to read out of revelation, right? Mm. And once he ascends to the father, he then has the authority to give it. Yeah. And this is amazing. He says to the one who is victorious, I will give the right, mm. the right to sit with me on my throne, <laughs> just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit says to the churches, right? Mm. Exactly what Jesus was asking for, right? Wow. So when Jesus at the end of John 17 is saying, look, I want you to be where I am. I came down to this world, lived yeah. a perfect life, died the death that you should have died. Mm. So that way I couldn't, so that way you wouldn't just know me, yeah. but that I would have the joy of bringing you into my life mm. and sharing my life with you. So intimate that I would even get up off my throne yeah. and let you sit on it for a time. Mm. Just because I take joy in bringing sinners yeah into me that's good right and we can read about jesus asking for that and jesus being the one to give the right mm. to guilty sinners to experience the fulfillment of that <laughs> in the kingdom one day and i just have to say what a god <laughs> what man <laughs> what a god Amen. man right and if that doesn't move you to yeah. worship and that if that doesn't move you to want to know god mm. Like, what else do you want me to say? Mm. Like, he's asking you to sit on the throne in the center of everything, right? Yeah. Which means that there's going to be a day, Sammy, listener, if you're Christian, where you will walk into that throne room where Jesus mm. will croon his finger, call you forward, and you will walk past the 24 elders enthroned that are constantly giving praises. You will walk past the four living creatures that are flying before the throne. You'll walk past all of them, mm. even though you're not their equal in holiness because your holiness is a gifted holiness mm. and you'll be able to sit down on that throne in the center of everything. Yeah. Come on. Read about it in revelation chapter four, because by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that's where we're all going one day. Wow. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs>
It's mind-blowing. <laughs> mind-blowing, my dude. Right? Big. So, I mean, no God, bro. God. Got a minute at 29.30. I'll give the outro, but Sammy, give some yeah. uh, give some last well, words last to the words. people, bro. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I, I think it would be unjust of the Word of God to not hit this application real quick. So, end of verse 3, um, I'll read it again. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So, just as the Father sent Jesus down to earth, to live the life we could never live and die the death we deserve. Now Jesus is sending us. He's sending you and me to be his ambassadors and to take the gospel with us wherever we go. We're called to be saints, called to be foreign saints. Um, so let's do that, y'all. Um, and it reminds me of John 20, 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. Even so, I am sending you. So guys, Live a sent life. Go out and proclaim the gospel to your families, co-workers, uh, the neighborhoods, nations. Like um, People need to know who Jesus is, and we've got to share who Jesus is. Hey, people need to know, bro. Check out Sammy, bro. Check out Sammy. Harbor City, uh, chs.com. Yeah, yep. uh, Check it out. Go to there in person, bro. Go on a journey. Know God. Get forgiveness from the Savior, bro. Mm. And for Christians listening, go serve your king, bro. That's we right. out, bro. We out. We out. Catch you next time.